Good morning, Browns fans. This is the Fanatical Elf uh, pregame show, 49ers versus the Browns. I'm your host, Steve Gill. And joining me today, today is the ever-illustrious Elliot, who has brought enough statistics to blow your mind. So, Elliot, um, how are you feeling about this game today? Well, I, I am not one that thinks that this is a giveaway to the 49ers. It's not a warm-up game for the rest of the 49ers season. I think that the the uh, betting market is kind of out of whack. It's gone from three-and-a-half points on Monday to nine-and-a-half points on uh, game day today. I just checked, and it's nine-and-a-half points between this, the 49ers and um, the Browns. And I would like to ask the question, well, what has changed between Monday <coughs> and Sunday? And the main answer that I can come up with, well, there's two really. Uh, one is that San Francisco looked really good on Monday night football and they beat the tar out of the Dallas Cowboys. That's fact number one. Fact number two is that we were pretty much expecting that Deshaun Watson would be what would be over whatever arm problems he was experiencing, and we thought that he was going to start. And then as the week progressed, we started to realize that the arm problem may be more serious than we originally thought, and uh, he may be out this game and may be out a few more games. And so the response of the point spread was to steadily increase as the week went on. Uh, I think it's kind of nuts and uh, I have several reasons <laughs> why, but maybe I'll pause and ask you for your opinion. What do you think? Are you ready to give up? You're going to bail on the Browns. You think that this is not going to be a football game and we're going to watch uh, reruns of uh, soap operas or something on Sunday afternoon, or what do you think? <laughs> Well, first of all, I never give up on the Browns. And um, I've heard this type of conversation before. I heard it uh, in 2020 when the Browns went into Dallas. Uh, they weren't going to win that game. Uh, then I also heard it when they went into Dallas when Belichick was was the head coach taking on the super, reigning Super Bowl champions, Dallas Cowboys. And they won that with a nice goal line stand with the time expiring. So I never, I never assume the Browns are going to lose anything. I never assume they're going to win a game either. Uh, but they have chances to do this, to, to, uh, to beat San Francisco. Um, there are trends that suggest they, they could. Uh, I listened to the interviews by all the coordinator. It sounds like Jim Schwartz was very, very upset at his defense for the lack of tackling in the second and third quarter versus Baltimore. Um, he has had a great success versus Kyle Shanahan. One is, Shanahan is one and eight versus uh, Jim Schwartz defenses. So, um, yeah, that's I am, true. I am, that's true. Yeah, um, that that came from uh, Jack Hammer's article that appeared in uh, Inside the 49ers. Yep, he's and a 49ers that's really beat an writer. Stat. I never would have thought of that, but uh, so Jim Schwartz knows this uh, offense and how to beat it. Um, and like you pointed out Thursday night, I did a little more uh, digging into the San Francisco offensive line, 
and uh, the their pro football focus ratings for the first five weeks. Other than uh, uh, Trent Williams, you got Jack Brindell, 61.7, Colton McKivitz, 58.8, Aaron Banks, 50.7, and Spencer Buford, 49.5. And that's the first five weeks of this season. So, ooh, um, I would just, if I were the Browns, I would just put Okoronkwo over Trent Williams and move Miles Garrett to the to the middle and put him next to uh, Zadarius Smith. I was thinking the that, same thing. <laughs> I'd overload that right side of the line. I mean, because this Brock Purdy kid, he is, whew, man, he is a very good quarterback. I, I think I'd overload the left side. I think I'd stay away from Trent Williams, um, and I'd I'd go after the 49ers where they're the weakest, and I would just run right at block or yeah, block 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 Purdy, Brock Purdy, and I would just come yeah. right at him. And uh, I don't care that you see my guys coming. Uh, I'd give him about 1.8 seconds to get out of the way and get the ball airborne. What are you going to do about it? Um, but yeah, I think the statistics are kind of amazing. You know, you've got a defensive coordinator that's eight and one against the 49ers head coach. He's eight and one, and everybody wants to give up. Eight and one, yeah. and you want to give up. Is that right? When is football ever? When is it ever about giving up? Is that what football is about? Giving no. up before you even play the game? Why do they play the games if you want to give up? I think it's crazy. I think the point spread is crazy. I think the response is crazy. I, I think that, you know, that it is going to be a very strong defensive game. I think I agree with the overall, you know, the over-under has descended to about 36 points. And I think, yeah, this really? is probably going to be a 1970s-style game where it's going to be decided by defense. But the Browns have the stronger defense, according to all the, you know, the evaluators. that, And the stats show that the Browns have the strongest defense in terms of yards per play. I, um, do we, did you know that? Who I, is the I number kinda, one team? I, I kind of knew that. Yeah, the, the number one Three team point. in terms of yards per play are the Cleveland Browns at 3.8 yards per play. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. That is, that ridiculous. is just a ridiculous stat. Even after they played poorly, uh, last time out. Now the 49ers are also very, very good. They are number three in the NFL at 4.43, but that is a significant difference from the Browns. That's 0.6 yards per play. That's a lot. Hmm. Um, but you know, it doesn't look like it should be a really strong offensive game when you've got two defenses like that. Now the Browns have given up 125 yards uh, per game on the average. And of course it's a small data sample, only four games uh, right. and 71 yards per game on the ground. You've got a defense. In other words, that's giving up fewer than 200 yards per game. And you want to give up. Come on, Browns <laughs> fans. That's not reasonable. You want to give up when you've got uh, the Cadillac defense for the first time in the history of the new Browns, you've got this incredible, uh, you know, mind-blowing defense, and it's not enough. 
we we don't have a franchise quarterback. Our franchise quarterback can't throw the ball, and we can't win without a franchise quarterback. Everybody knows it's a quarterback's league. You can't win without a franchise quarterback, and our franchise quarterback isn't able to throw. Don't you see? We have no chance. I'm really tired of that, of hearing that. I'm really tired oh of hearing about that for two reasons. One is, number one is, it's never true. You know, you can always win, uh, you know, with a good game plan and with sound execution. And also, you know, luck has a lot to do with it. When, it, you know, push comes to shove, we really yeah. cannot predict NFL football reliably fans. A lot of it just has to do with how the ball bounces and turnovers, and which are not all that predictable. We don't know how and this it's is a weird shaped ball. So it bounces in <laughs> weird ways. <laughs> it bounces funny. You bet it does. But I also want to make this point is that, you know, we have to face the horrible truth fans that based on the body of work of Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, he has not yet. I hope that he will, but he has not yet reestablished himself as a uh, premier NFL quarterback. He had a really good game the last time out against the Tennessee Titans who are not exactly, uh, you know, they haven't proven themselves to be yeah. outstanding in the NFL or that, you know, it's not necessarily an outstanding defense that Deshaun went up against. He had a great game though, at least in the second half, even the first half I thought was rather shaky, but in the second half, he put it together, looked great. Unfortunately he got injured and that, uh, injury turned out to be you know something that got progressively worse after the game you know the arm stiffened up on him and he hasn't been able to throw right ever since um we need to really be cognizant of that and i wonder if maybe there's some additional damage that wasn't appreciated at the time i wonder if they've even now uh, understood what's really going on in that shoulder. That's kind of a complicated piece of machinery there. But it is. Anyway. It is, it is. It is a collection of tendons. And like my wife had rotator cuff surgery and she, and 30 something years ago. Oh, you used still, the S word. What? The S word. Surgery. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but she still can't it. raise her, still can't raise her arm above her head. I mean, rotator cuffs are weird. Uh, Adam Schefter reported today that uh, things are looking good, and he is a, they think he's going to play versus the Colts. Take that with a grain of salt, everybody out there. Uh, Adam Schefter is not a orthopedic surgeon or <laughs> a doctor. So, um, you know, it's also sounding like uh, Indianapolis is going to be having to go with uh, Minshew for the rest of the season. Uh, they're thinking wow. about shutting down their their uh, quarterback. Mm -hmm. I saw that online. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I would have done that from the get go. I think that Minshew is a very good quarterback, and it would have definitely um, benefited them to have the rookie who's only 21 years old and has only had one season really in at the college level where he performed at yeah. a high level. He should have been sitting from the get go. That was really dumb. Well, okay. not too high a level. He uh, lost to my alma mater, Vanderbilt, so I'm going to count that against him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but he has, he has but tremendous. But so did Will talent. Levis. So. <laughs> yeah, but, I uh, want to throw some more stats at you. May I throw some more stats at you? Throw as many stats as you want out there. All, All right. right, let's look at the past three years. What have you done for me in the past three years? Deshaun 
uh, yeah, Deshaun Walker. Deshaun Watson is five and four for his Cleveland career. Uh, took a year off, of course. And uh, P.J. Walker is four and three for the Carolina Panthers. And that's actually perhaps more impressive because the Carolina Panthers have not been a good football team. It's hard to put up great stats for a poor team. We all know that, should know that in Cleveland. Uh, Watson has produced 6.5 yards per pass attempt for Cleveland. Now is like hmm. that better than the yards per completion. Uh, it's really yards per attempt is what you're interested in. Walker has produced 6.41 yards per pass attempt for Carolina. Those are very comparable numbers. So I don't really see that there's a big difference there. And, okay. um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I also let me uh, switch to a graphic here for those who are All right. watching on video. Give me just a minute here. Sure. Hello. And okay, what I've done is I've plotted the passer rating. I went back okay. and figured out the formula for passer rating. And these are all the games that P.J. Walker had significant uh, pass attempts. You know, in some here, of let his me, starts, uh, some relief let appearances. Me, let me pull it up on the screen here, Elliot. Oh, are you not getting it? There we go. There we go. You got okay. it. Yep. And oh, wow. uh, let's see. I'm okay. not getting uh, Let me do the slideshow thing. Okay. So it fills the whole screen. There we go. Yeah. And yeah, he, he had a uh, you know some nice games where he had passer ratings over a hundred, but the overall trend, if you can see that light blue trend line, is upward. It's about you know, he had, eighty. Yeah. Right? Now he's had some clunkers. You know, in the passer rating, you can't score below zero. But he had two games where he had zero, number two and number eleven. Um, but the overall trend is upward and uh, it's headed to about 80, which is not real good. Um, but if he hangs on to the football, then, you know, that's really all that we want him to do for a backup quarterback. And um, that's very true. You know, run the offense. Don't lose control of the football. Uh, he doesn't have to pass out of his mind, but he is getting better is the point. Uh, and you can say the same thing about Deshaun Watson. Uh, I've done this for Deshaun Watson also, and I felt that over <coughs> last season he also was getting better. Uh, and uh, his his curve looks a lot like P.J. Walker's. It's at a somewhat higher level, and uh, he's probably in the 90s or something like that. So both so quarterbacks are getting better. So Watson is ascending faster than PJ Walker was. About at, about at the same level. They're comparable. About at the same level. Okay. Yeah. The All big right, thing that, well, that is her Walker is interceptions. And Walker had a lot of interceptions. What held him down in his first two years was throwing way too many interceptions. And he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdown passes. But remember, he was playing for Carolina, which didn't have much of an offense. And remember right. also um uh, that um uh, everybody was uh all excited what's what's the running back that's playing for san francisco now um uh mccaffrey christian mccaffrey, McCaffrey. yeah christian mccaffrey um uh, he didn't perform he was, well for carolina really 
Um, he was you know, hurt for a couple of years there. Wasn't he was he? hurt Didn't for he a couple of years, years, and you know yeah. he was really good. But he's much much better now uh, that he's playing for San Francisco. So if you put players on a good team, they perform at a higher level than if they're playing for a poor team. That's just a simple fact. And a quarterback yeah, that plays for a bad team uh, isn't going to perform as well as if they play for a good team. Now, you could ask the question, well, how good are the Cleveland Browns really when they don't have Nick Chubb? That's a valid point, is that the Cleveland Browns that offense, as point. they are presently constituted, may not actually be any better than the Carolina Panthers were uh, the past couple years. Um, I think that that's a very good point. And especially, you know, uh, Joel Batonio is not playing uh, in this I know. game. And I hear that David Njoku is not playing this game. No, so he good. is going to play. Oh, he will play. Njoku, okay, great. He is going to play. As of this morning, he is going to okay. play. Okay. But Batonio, uh, but I understand, is out. And he's really a stud offensive lineman, probably the top guy yeah. that they have. Um, so, you know, the Browns may not really be that good on offense, and they're going up against a top, top defense. So I think there are not going to be a lot of points scored. There'll probably be points scored on turnovers, and the object is for the Browns to make fewer turnovers than San Francisco. I think San Francisco does deserve to be favored, but I think that the the correct point spread is probably something like four uh, points, maybe five, but I think I nine and a half is crazy. Yeah, I would go yeah, along with something like five. that. But I also think that the public is just so um, impressed by the victory over Dallas, who I think played a terrible game. I didn't really see the San Francisco 49ers as being that impressive. I thought it, a lot of it had to do with um, uh, indescribably, or should I say, bizarre Tom? play calling by <laughs> Dallas. Um, I felt Dallas made San Francisco look better than they actually are. And um, I, I, I think some letdown is natural for San Francisco. Remember also that San Francisco came off Monday night. They have a short week and they're traveling to the East Eastern time zone. Cleveland has had two weeks to prepare a game plan. So there's a big advantage there that uh, can compensate for the talent differential. So I think it, it could be a much more even game than people think. Yeah. West coast teams going uh, middle of the country back West and uh, go, then heading back East. I saw a stat that uh, when West coast teams play a game and win and cover the spread uh, and next time they travel East uh, they have a 29.6% chance of winning. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's that's always been in the NFL when West Coast teams have to make that trip back and forth. Um, so let's uh, wrap this up. We're about an hour away from the game. Um, uh, let me get started here and uh, say what I think the Browns could do to win this game. We've already talked about defense, uh, load up, get pressure on Brock Purdy in a, in a clean pocket. He passes for like 82% on a, when he's pressured, it drops down to 50%. So you got to put pressure on him. Uh, they use a lot of multiple sets on defense. The only real weakness the 49ers have is their nickel and dime corners. They're not that good. That's why Dallas tried to throw the ball. I think if, if um, the Browns stick to, 
uh, long handoff type passing games and just be patient, they could set up a longer pass in the second half. But you're, Kevin Stefanski is going to have to be patient. Just dink and dunk your way down the field in the first half. Just be patient. And last uh, time against Baltimore, he showed his impatience. After getting a seven-yard run, he sent, he puts his uh, quarterback in a bad situation going long, and the quarterback gets nailed. And before you know it, the next play, he throws an interception. So let's let's just be patient, be smart. Also, another weakness of the San Francisco 49ers is their special teams. They're ranked 27th, while the Browns are ranked 6th. So I think them calling up uh, Jalen Darden, um, they made him active this week along with P.J. Walker. I think you're going to see a different punt returner, and I am all for that. So, Elliot, what do you think? Yeah, I, w- I would echo your sentiments. I think that um, this game can be decided by field goals and turnovers. Just don't turn the ball over. If you make eight yards and punt, that's probably good enough with the defense that the Browns have. I don't want to throw the ball long. I don't want to turn the ball over. Don't demand too much from a, a, a new quarterback. Uh, I don't think that uh, P.J. Walker is a bad quarterback, but I don't want him to be put in the position. I don't want to do what Dak Prescott did, think that he has to throw a 40-yard bomb uh, every other play. You know, And I use the, the animal house uh, analogy that every once in a while somebody yells food fight and then they have a food fight. <laughs> and, you know, every once in a while Mike McCarthy says 40-yard bomb and everybody throws a 40-yard bomb. And there's no reason for that. That was just silly play calling. What you need to do is to just try to eke out some modest drives, take advantage of turnovers, be willing to kick field goals. That should be enough to win this game. It might be a, like a 12-9 to 9 game or something like that. Don't assume that you have to go crazy and score tons of points because San Francisco's a juggernaut on offense. That is not necessarily the case. This is going to be 1970s football. I would plan for a game like that. That's my game plan. I would agree. I, I cannot wait to see um, how San Francisco reacts to an adverse situation. They pretty much had their run so far this season. Uh, everything's gone their way. Let's see how they react uh, when they get, uh, first of all, they've only trailed the first five games for a minute, 45 seconds. Think about that. That's <laughs> crazy. Let's see how they react if they trail for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah, I think all I right. want to play so, three defensive ends a lot too. I want to try that. Yeah. I'd like that idea. Let's uh, let's uh, I'll text Jim Schwartz right now and say, let's go. Okay. Oh, that's All illegal. Right. You're not allowed to text on the field. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're, we're about 55 minutes away from, well, maybe an hour away, five after uh, one uh, local time up there in Cleveland. So this has been the pregame show on the fanatical else network. Uh, Stephen Elliott, I hope has educated you and made you more aware of the fact that you can root for the Browns today. <laughs> they do have a chance of winning. I know it's shocking. Don't. That's don't why they play them. the games. Exactly. 
So I want to thank everybody for watching, and I hope everybody uh, will follow, download, uh, enjoy all our shows here on the Fanatical Else uh, Network. Elliot does, uh, of course, with uh, Joel, the Brownie Axe. I have my uh, Cleveland Browns Dog Pound South uh, podcast. And, of course, every Thursday, we uh, the Fanatical Elf Show. Uh, follow all of us, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. I mean, we're everywhere. And we know what we're talking about because we're Browns fans just like you. So, everybody, enjoy the game. And go Browns!